1: welcome into locked on big 10 everything you need to know about the big 10 conference every single weekday alongside our friday co-host and the host of locked on spartans matt sheehan i'm nate dickinson we've got a good show lined up for you today we've gone through all the positions and now we get into teams we've had wisconsin michigan and now our michigan state guy matt gives us everything we need to know about the spartans going into the 2021 football season here today But first, Matt, it's Friday. How are you doing? We're recording here on Thursday afternoon, but we get to think about Friday as we record. I'm just simply fired
0: up because this Friday means that it's three weeks until uh, Spartans versus Wildcats. Week one, baby, kicking it off with some conference play. Friday night, surely that will not go bad for Michigan State Spartans. The future Big Ten East champions, baby. That's right. That's right. Well,
1: Michigan State has a long road to try and get to that point. A team that won two games last year. You beat Michigan, but then there was the rest of the season to kind of go around. And we'll get into all of that and all of what to expect this year here in today's show. But Matt, let's start by getting into that all-important quarterback position. It's where we started with Graham Mertz on Wednesday. And of course, with the battle at Michigan going on with Cade McNamara leading right now. But right now in East Lansing, another quarterback battle brewing between a transfer and a player who had already been here before. Where do we stand right now as far as how things are going between the two quarterback candidates for this Michigan State football team in Peyton Thorne and then the Temple transfer in Anthony Russo?
0: Yeah, so right off the bat, Peyton Thorne, he is the sophomore. He ended the season last year as starter. Uh, as we uh, maybe not all remember, but a lot of us remember, Rocky Lombardi absolutely led at Michigan. And then, wow, wheels fell off pretty fast after that. So Peyton Thor takes over as the starter for the last few games of the season. So that's your returning guy, maybe leader in the clubhouse going into the offseason. But there was always that looming thing happening like, will they go get a grad transfer? Yes, they will. And they got Anthony Russo from Temple. Uh, bigger body, six foot four, uh, definitely has the ability to be a bruiser whenever he runs. Gunslinger, by all accounts. I mean, he's got a high interception rate, but he also airs the ball out. It's almost like the modern day Brett Favre coming to Michigan State, for better or for worse. That can go one of two ways. So now it's the battle. Do you take the returning guy, or do you take the guy that's older, more experienced, bigger? They don't even know today. I'm sure this is going to be a battle that goes into week two, week three of the season, um, because everything that I've heard from inside the walls of the Scandalaris Football Center is that it's neck and neck. It is very close, and they're not any closer to a decision today as they were back in the spring during spring ball. How fun's is that?
1: Well, well, there's a team here looking kind of for an identity, and that quarterback obviously can help provide that. Where do you feel like you stand as far as, like, where these two guys are at—is there enough to go off of with these two guys to kind of have an opinion yet? Do the fans seem to like one more than the other?
0: The fans are split, honestly. Like whoever I talk to, and even like a lot of the inside people or media members, like they're split amongst themselves as well. Because yeah, it's awesome that Russo is the, the bigger guy. He's got probably more arm strength. He can make a few more throws that paint throw and probably couldn't. But at the same time, yeah, like he is new to this system, and Anthony Russo at Temple. Had four different offensive coordinators in his last four years there. And that's fine. Like, he's experienced in learning different offenses, but at at the same time, like, does that really help you? I I don't know. So you got that tied in with the fact that, yeah, he does have this high interception problem. So that's where some people are a little weary on him. And then Payton Thorne, I mean, he's the the comfortable guy. By all accounts, a great leader, even as a sophomore. Works with the guys in the offseason, very vocal during practice. Not a bad quarterback, and he certainly has gained more weight and more strength, which was the knock against him as a freshman last year. So, yeah, I that made I'm sorry, that's just a long way of saying, like, no, if even the fans are torn, I'm torn. Like, I, I have no idea what, what to expect here because, uh, we just need competent quarterback play because I, I. Knock on wood. I, I do like how the rest of the offense stacks up. That's a crazy thing to say coming off a two-win season. I am so deep in the Kool-Aid right now. It's not even funny. But, hey, that's <laughs> what happens every single August as an MSU fan. Like, I'm I'm ready, baby. Let's go.
1: I mean, he beat Michigan last year. You got that on sure your resume did. to be able to go off of. So it's something to be able to at least hang your hat on if you go into a season where not a lot of people are giving Michigan State fans a lot to no. do that with. And. I guess I want to ask about that again as we talk quarterbacks more. Even if people are split on these two guys, is it like a confidence split? Is it people being worried about which one will be able to give them the right good things? Or are these people still a little bit uneasy about where these quarterbacks are at? I think you're picking between two guys that would probably give you like a 6.5 out
0: of 10 on the excitement level. Like they're... They're good. And we just need like competent quarterback play. Like if the guy who emerges with the starting job is just a game manager. Sweet. That's awesome. Cause you know, there was times we did not have that last year. It was a crazy, crazy year. Like obviously lose the first game against Rutgers. That's horrible. Then Rocky turns into a gunslinger against Michigan. And then after that turnover prone, it was a complete disaster. and It wasn't all on him either. The offensive line had some issues as well. Um, Of course, we're talking about this. year, not last year. Regardless, I think if you could just get one game manager quarterback out of this bunch, which you should, right? That's not a lot to ask for. Just someone who's going to be smart with the ball. I think state fans will be pretty excited about that because if you can get the ball in the receivers' hands, and I'm sure we'll talk about them later. Like that, that's a very talented trio of starting receivers that we have in East Lansing. That just please, just get the ball in their hands. I not asking a lot here, Nate. Not asking a lot. I, I don't think so, at least.
1: No, no, definitely not. And we'll talk about Josh Naylor and the rest of those wide receivers here on the show. But uh, I guess we're kind of leading up to this question then, if we're talking about just having a quarterback who can get the job done, if Michigan State gets what you're saying, at least competent quarterback play out there, how good are these pieces around him that we're talking about and that we will talk about? And how good of a season can Michigan State have if they get, at the very least, just that quarterback that's passable in your eyes? Yeah.
0: yeah I, the, the, the bar is like on the floor right now, for, especially for missions, Michigan state fans who have not seen really a competent offense in the better part of three or four years here. Um, the, the last, you know, two years of 2018, 2019 left a lot to be desired. You're, you're looking at a lot of games where you score a touchdown tops. I think it was the 2018 season. They had seven games where they scored one offensive touchdown or less. So, Listen, like we just need points. If you could average like somewhere like 25 points a game, that'd be awesome. Uh, again, that's not a lot to ask for, but that apparently is around these parts. With that said, like we do like the skill position players that we have. Kenneth Walker from the transfer portal was awesome at Wake Forest. We're going to get him here. He's probably your starting running back. You got Jordan Simmons, who's a speed demon running back, going to be a sophomore this year. And Eli Collins, who had COVID issues last year after being the returning leading rusher in the Big Ten the season prior. He's getting back to his normal self, too. So that's a good three headed monster at running back. Then the receivers of, you got Ricky White, you got Jaden Reed, and then Jalen Naylor. And also, there's been a lot of chatter, too, about true freshman Keon Coleman, who's apparently even more of an athletics freak than we all thought he was going to be. Now, how do those players get their money. Uh, It's all the offensive line. Can the offensive line buy the quarterback some time to let the receivers carve out their routes, let them cook? Can the running backs actually get more than a shoebox of room to run through through the line? It did not start good last year for the offensive line, but man, by the end of the year, you're like, okay, yeah. All right. They're starting to play like some semblance of like competent football here. Sweet. So if they can carry that into the season, okay. I'm starting to feel good about this offense. God, this is the third offseason where I'm doing this. I I can't do this
1: again. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to get hurt so bad, Nate. (laughs) Matt, it's a team that I'll remind you just to try to bring you back down to earth. Yeah, scored less than 20 points per game last season and gave up more than 35 points per game. Not good. A little bit of a dose of reality.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I didn't need
1: that, actually. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about (laughs) it And, again, thank you for calling out Jalen Naylor for me. I called him Josh before, but. Again, we got J names. Hey, it's segment. all good. That's right. So yeah, We figured it good. out. Yeah. As we come back, we'll talk about Jalen Naylor, everybody else around whoever's going to be a quarterback for Michigan State. And we still haven't really touched all that much on that defense, which, as I just brought up, still has some improving to do as well. We'll get into all of it with Matt here as we start to preview the Michigan State Spartans and continue to work our way around the Big Ten and take a look at every team in the conference, try to figure out who could end up on top alongside Ohio State, who we know is going to be there, of course. That's coming up in just a minute here as we continue along. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. We got a new sponsor to tell you about, and it's Sweatblock. Now, Sweatblock has, if you don't know... Some of the best products out there to just making sure that you're not sweating too much. It's the summer months and it's the dog days of summer now in August, but Sweatblock has you covered. If you have that one shirt that you tried on at the store, it fit perfectly, you looked great. Perfect shirt for you. But then you go out in that hot weather for the first time in it, and it just absolutely gets drenched in sweat. Some people sweat a lot, but some clothes just aren't meant to take any sort of sweat, really, it seems. So if you end up having one of those shirts that just you seem to sweat through every time, or if you do just seem to sweat more than normal people, you can try out the sweat block wipes to see if it will work for you. And if it doesn't, they'll get your money back. These things are up to seven days effective on your underarms with one set of wipes. Just wipe them on your arms real nice and easy to do, and you're protected, good to go for up to a week. And again. If it doesn't keep your underarms dry, they will refund you your money. And you can save money too by using our promo code at the site. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on for 20% off your order. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. That's locked on, the promo code. Go try them out. You're going to come back for more. This stuff really, really does work. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. On a Friday, alongside our Friday co-host and the host of Locked On Spartans, Matt Sheehan, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking Michigan State Spartan football as we get ready for the 2021 season. And what can this team do on the east side of the Big Ten? It's not high expectations right now for Michigan State football, but there are things to be excited about if you're a fan of this team, units, and individual players to get going for. The big question is how much can Mel Tucker put it all together here as he starts to get into his first full, full season as this head coach of this squad. But as we get into all of that later on, Let's start by something we've already talked about a little here, Matt, or you touched on in this offensive side. And that's the weapons that are going to be around whoever's playing quarterback for this team. We've got wide receivers, which I want to get into first, as that's maybe the strongest unit out of anything on this squad. But as you mentioned, there's talented running backs coming in. The offensive line is, if not going to be good, at the very least going to be experienced and familiar with one another. And there's a lot more to be optimistic about, at the very least, with just the pieces around, again, whoever's going to be playing quarterback for Michigan State, thinking that, well, at the very least, even if it's just as bad as it was last year there, maybe the other things around it will make it a little bit better. But Spartans are obviously hoping for more than that with the talent they have there.
0: Yeah, no, that that's like incredibly sad. Right. I mean, there's so much experience uh, around the whole offense, except for that all important position of quarterback, like the, the offensive line, like they weren't world leaders last year by any stretch of the imagination, but they, they were improved by the end of the year. And also in the last two to th- really three years, they've had horrible injury luck on the offensive line as well. So you're looking at eight to nine guys that do have like starting experience. So it's kind of the the battle of all right. You're, you're returning so many guys. This is awesome. They know the system. That they're, they're no like they know the college game. But at the same time, like you're not necessarily bringing back a classic Iowa offensive line, for example, or the Ohio State Buckeye offensive line. So I, hopefully, this is year where everything clicks for them, especially with like you said, a full offseason with Mel Tucker and his coaching staff. Now around him, though, is the exciting guys that we like to talk about, like Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor. None of those guys are like physically imposing. None of them are like, you know, six foot five and just beasts on the field, but they are quick, and that's how they make their bread, is just with their feet. Ricky White as well. He was a true freshman last year. We only saw him in two games. But 196 yards against Michigan. Like it's impossible to not be excited about him should he come back to the field. I know there's some off-season issues going on with him right now that everyone's being pretty quiet on. I have no idea what it's about. But hey, if he comes back, awesome. If not, Then you have Ian Stewart, who's going to be a a redshirt freshman. He's a tall guy. Keon Coleman, like I brought up earlier, he's an electric, true freshman. Montori Foster, Terry Lockett, Trey Mosley. like These are all guys that have experience and enough to make you feel good about the wide receiver group. Now, what they are missing is that big-bodied receiver, but such is life. I mean, you you can't have it all in in the Big Ten East unless you're Ohio State and then sometimes Penn State, but that's where we're at. And then, yeah, running backs, I mean – yeah, I'll go through it again. Kenneth Walker, Jordan Simmons, Eli Collins, and also Harold Joyner, transfer from Auburn, whatever they want to do with him, probably H-back. We're feeling really good. But, yeah, then again, it's it's how good can your quarterback be too and how good can the line be. God, I hope they don't waste this talent. Oh,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt, I want to – before you, you fall too much into a pit of your own no. despair over there, uh, I want to get late. your thoughts on what's going on right now with this team as far as COVID-19. Because you mentioned, and we've mentioned, that obviously last season was different. In yeah. Wednesday's show, Wisconsin talked a lot about how they thought the Badgers season was really impacted on the field in the stat book by how Often they had to go on and off the field. Obviously, Graham Mertz had that big game, and then they get pulled off even the practice field for two straight weeks to pretty much kill any momentum they had. Michigan State's another team that could argue that that squad had a whole lot more to gain if it had had a full season last year. One, because Mel Tucker was just trying to get his feet set. But also, with some of the guys that you talked about, those true freshmen out of that class who showed off some signs of talent early, where are you at with, like, where that class is as far as how talented it could be. And also just like with where this team could have been or how much more progress could have been made if not for COVID-19, how do you feel like the pandemic affected the progress for the Spartans? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think they had two games canceled last year from doing my
0: math right, but it's, it's not just what they could have done during the season. It's a lot of it just before the season. Like they weren't able to like meet up in person and practice for quite some time. And for a guy that was hired in February, like, you don't want your head coach reading off like a game day program during you know, Saturdays to find out who the hell is who on the field. Like, I mean, it almost felt like that was what was going on. Like they had almost no time to like put something together. And also, too, let's not, you know, totally excuse the whole talent issue. That was not a roster that could have or should have competed in the Big Ten. It's kind of a miracle they even got two wins to begin with, especially with those wins being against Michigan and against the top 15 ranked Northwestern. So you know, what happens is that Mel Tucker goes to the transfer portal, dips a lot of kids into there, addition by subtraction, and then takes a lot of kids out. So there's a lot of new faces coming in between the freshman class right now and the transfers, but, hey, at least you had a normal offseason and a normal buildup to the first week of the season. It sounds like so just – you know, basic to say that, Oh, Hey, normal offseason, but man, it, like from everything that I'm hearing outside of um, the football center, it's like, it's making a world of difference. Like it, it's not even comparable to what it was like last year, trying to meet each other and trying to learn on the fly. Everyone's comfortable with the system now after a full summer. Now it's all systems go. And I really hope that that makes a difference here of, of a strong start to the season. I mean, because the first six games for MSU, like that's a favorable six games for them. I mean, it's, it's not truly a gauntlet. And when you're in the
1: Big Ten East, usually you can fall into a gauntlet early into the season. You mentioned those transfer names. Is there anyone in particular who comes to mind that when you heard it, you were like, ooh, that guy could really, really help what Michigan State needs to do this year?
0: Zero question. And I'm going to switch to the defensive side of the ball, if you don't mind, here for this guy, because MSU runs a 4-2 system. So they got two linebackers and one of them, Antoine Simmons, who was awesome for MSU last year. He left in the offseason. So now you have uh, Noah Harvey, who's returning at linebacker. M- mixed reviews on him. Um, so now MSU is like, okay, what? who's going to be our second linebacker? Well, they, they fish out former top 60 recruit uh, Quaveras Crouch from Tennessee to be the now the definitive starter um, next to Noah Harvey. Now, can Noah Harvey lose his job? Certainly. He has it right now going into the season, but he's got to watch out behind him because he's got another returning guy in Chase Klein or a transfer from Michigan, of all places, Ben Van Summeren. So it's Ben Van Summeren and Quakers Crouch are two guys who I'm really, really interested in, especially Crouch because he's going to be your starter day one. And it, if, you, if you don't mind me, keep going. like There's also two other transfers um, as well on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive backfield, we got Chester Kimbra. And, um, oh, God, what's the guy's name? Ronald Williams uh, from Alabama. So those are two SEC transfers that can definitely uh, add some depth. Starting positions, really, too, to
1: Michigan State's defense. Thank goodness, man. Thank goodness. Well, that switch over from offense to defense is a good place for us to put a pin in things for just a moment. When we come back, we'll talk about that defensive side of the ball for the Spartans. We mentioned earlier in the show, gave up more than 35 points per game last season. So, Plenty of room for improvement in the stat sheets for Michigan State. We'll talk about it with Matt here in just a minute to wrap up the show. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. If you've been listening to the show, then you already know about Bet Online and all that it has to offer. You may have already gone over to the website and checked it out. Been a little bit intrigued probably by all of the different lines that they have out there. Really just how nice it is to look at everything. They got a nice setup on the site. And of course, They've got information out there that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else, too. If you haven't gone out yet, I suggest that you go to the browser and check out betonline.ag. At least see what they have to offer because it, it really is everything that you could need as far as your sports betting goes. They've got the lines. They've got the stories to make sure that you're educated before you put that money on the games. They've got, of course, great deals going on all the time. Including one with us right now. If you go to betonline.ag and enter the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% off your order. 50 per, I'm sorry, 50% added on top of your first deposit. I I'm mixing up all sorts of stuff going on here. But if you go to betonline.ag right now, make a deposit after you end up making your account and add in that promo code locked on, they'll add 50% onto whatever your deposit is. That's what I meant to say. So whatever you put in. of it just thrown right on top for free, thanks to the people over at betonline.ag. It's a really great deal that you want to at least check out and see if it's something you're going to like, because if you're a sports better, I promise you're going to like betonline.ag. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Bilt Bar, helping you get the show here today. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than five net grams of carbs and five grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new Grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you know these guys are legit. That's Bilt Bar helping you get the show here today, and we thank you, Bilt Bar. Back in on Locked On Big Ten, wrapping things up with Matt Sheehan, our Friday co-host and the host every weekday of Locked On Spartans here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Nate Dickinson here breaking down this Spartan football team. We talked quarterback, we talked offense. Let's talk a little bit of defense now, Matt. We started to get into things with you before our break But where things stand right now for Michigan State is not good from the outside looking in. As I've mentioned now for a third time, 35 points per game allowed for this team last season after scoring less than 20 on the offensive side of the ball. We've talked about how this team has talent on that offensive end to try and back up whatever quarterback's going to be there. On the defensive side, there are some more question marks, but let's start in the trenches where there are the bright spots here for Michigan State before we get a little bit further back.
0: Yeah, no doubt there's bright spots. And like this has been Michigan State's MO for the last few years is just a strong defense. Now, of course, records don't show that because the offense hasn't carried uh, their end of the bargain here. But yeah, I mean, the defense, I I think there's reason for optimism here for Michigan State fans. Like, yes, in the defensive line, you you don't have Naquan Jones anymore, but you do have returning guys in Jacob Panashuk, Jacob Slade, Jalen Hunt, and then Drew Beasley to round that out with Drew Jordan, who is probably going to be your edge guy. Um, who's a transfer from Duke. So th- that's a pretty strong five guys to rotate between right there. Um, and no, no doubt about it, like the coaching staff also helps as well. Like you got Ron Burton, you got uh, Scotty Hazleton. You just got a lot of good minds on the defensive side of the ball, no doubt, especially with Mel Tucker being a defensive guy as well. So, I, yeah, I, 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 listen, all things in Big Ten start in the trenches. And with Michigan State on the defensive side of the ball, I, I know it sounds silly, you know, saying – that the defense is a point for optimism coming off a year where they did give up 35 points per game, but uh, the offense didn't help them last year at all either. A lot of bad field position battles and just a lot of uphill battles for them. But yeah, I think the defensive line is going to be a, a shining point here in East Lansing.
1: Uh, Isaiah whole mentioned yesterday about how just on the defensive side of the ball, since Michigan was not great on that side of things last season, either the new kind of play calling, that they'll have there would really, really help out what Michigan is able to do just because the Wolverines had been so predictable at times before. Last season, this defense was trying to learn a new scheme in that 4-2-5 defense compared to what they had learned before. Now, it's hard enough being a college football player going through a coaching change, but on the defensive side of the ball, you have to learn a scheme that you were not recruited to play in a lot of cases. Where do you feel like this team is right now as far as familiarity with things? I mean, I guess that's a harder question to answer before the season starts. But I guess last season, did you see things where you were like, oh, well, once this team figures out just how this defense works, then it'll be at the very least another step better without even getting better at football? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, just going to to the week one game to
0: the last game of the season, like against Rutgers, like so many just blown assignments. And yeah, I I, I guess it makes sense. Like I know everyone had to go through COVID, but not everyone had to go through it while installing a a 4-2 defense when you've been recruited for and have played a 4-3 up until that point. So, yeah, I'm not going to say that's the reason we lost all these games and that's an excuse, but I think there is some credence to that. I mean, especially with the guy who is going to be the returning linebacker, Noah Harvey there was a lot of times last year where he just kind of looked confused at times. So hopefully a full off season can benefit him. If not, then okay, well, maybe I'm not going to feel as confident about the defense this year because um, yeah, you only have two linebackers. You need both of them to play pretty damn well. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I really think that a full off season this year is going to help. And I may check me on this. Am, am I, does that make sense? Or am I just being a, a delusional green stained glasses state fan right now, just hold, holding out hope that a normal offseason could really be the key here? I, I, I think there is
1: something to this, right? Please. Well, I feel like this is something that even I've been beating around the bush with, with these hosts that I've talked to, whether it's it be tough. Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, you guys. It's maybe it is delusional, but this season, with what happened last season, I, I don't know if you can classify anything as delusional. I think there's right. a solid argument to be made for about half of the Big Ten that all of the 2020 season could be either entirely thrown out the window or you, yeah. you could entirely everything that happened in that year and say that it is going to continue through the season. You could easily say Minnesota or Michigan State really, really hit hard by not being able to have the off season, and it's going to be a whole lot better this year. You could also at the same time say Indiana was playing really good football last season. Sure. That's legit into effect everything that happened last season into what on right now. Both arguments are both valid, and I think could be coming true this year. But you have right now, I think, up to double digit teams that really have right now a more vague idea than ever of what their football team's going to be this season, just because they didn't get to see as much of it last year. And they did, it was not the finished product that football coaches are used to putting out on the field. They had to get the assignment done a week early.
0: Yeah, I'm, you know what, I'm almost at the point too, and I, I'm a nice guy, so I'll strike a deal with everyone. Like, If you were a good team last year, that's awesome. That was legit. You were an awesome team. But if your team kind of stunk and maybe only won two games, who's to say? I, you know what, chalk it up to COVID, chalk it up to a wonky year. Like I'm willing to give every team but Michigan that benefit of the doubt, no question about it. Michigan, no, they just sucked last year. I'm not going to give them any sort of handouts here. But, yeah, if you were good last year, good on you. Know, if you weren't, yeah, you'll, you'll be great this year. Everyone's going 6-6 six and six this year, baby. That's right.
1: We're all going to well, like it. Well, let's talk a little bit of defense before we wrap things up here, Matt, as we're sure. running a little bit low on time here. But I want to get more into stuff. We talked already about these linebackers for a moment. So I guess the question I have about that spot is that this is the captain of the defense still. Do you yeah. feel like transfers are going to be able to come in and work alongside what you have already to be able to help put things together more? I think so just because the the top guy uh, Quaveras Crouch is just such an athletic freak.
0: I mean, he wasn't really a true linebacker when he was at Tennessee and if you look back at Tennessee days like really didn't have a true linebacker coach either their linebacker coach was just kind of like their top recruiter just with the job title slapped on his door so if he can learn fast on the fly here especially in a 4-2 which hey as we know last year with a limited time to prepare easier said than done but if if he is you know smart enough and can learn fast enough on the fly then yeah the the transfer is no doubt going to add that much of an impact and yeah I guess the same can be said too with Ben Van Summer and I know he didn't play too much at Michigan last year Again, a whole scheme thing on their end as well. But he's a bigger guy, too. He's a fast guy as well. So if he can learn on the fly as well, I I, I hate to keep throwing Nova Harvey under the bus, but I, I just don't think he's as athletically gifted as the other two guys that have transferred in. So do I think uh, transfers can make a, an impact? Oh, yeah, I think so. And I think they're going to have to if MSU is going to be a good team this year. No pressure, guys, though. None. <laughs>
1: and you'll get away with not having to talk too much about the players in that defensive backfield for the Spartans, but it may be yeah. the biggest spot with the most holes as far as units go on this whole team, maybe, if not the defensive side of the football. Where are you at with just how vulnerable Michigan State is in the passing game this season? You mentioned there's transfers yeah. coming in who might be able to help, but I'm not so so confident in that area as I am the rest of this team.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I don't know if I don't know if I'd use the word holes, but like question marks, no doubt about it. I mean, you, okay, so the returning guys are Kalen Gervin. He was really coming on well at the end of last year. Started his sophomore season a little shaky, but he's fine now. He came in as a four-star recruit, and now we're starting to see why. At the end of last season, you have Angelo Gross, who was awesome as a freshman last year, who's going to move to free safety, and then Xavier Henderson, who I feel like has been with the program for the last 18 years of his life. So you got experience and talent in Xavier Henderson. Now we get into the transfers. Okay. You have Kendall Brooks, who is coming from a JUCO, uh, going for one of the safety positions, first guy off the bench. You have Chester Kimbra from Florida, who could, you know, back it up at Florida. But, okay. An SEC team's scraps are certainly going to be our treasures this year. And same can be said with Ronald Williams as well, who was from Alabama, second on the depth chart. Great. We'll take Alabama second string, guys. No question about it. That's definitely an upgrade for us. So those are three transfers that are going to have a pretty healthy rotation into the system as well that we're feeling good about. And then you get the nickel back position too with Michael Dowell and Darius Snow vying for positions right there. Or maybe Chester Kimber slides over there as well because I, I think he's talented enough where even if Ronald Williams does start at the fourth defensive back position, you're going to find room for Chester Kimber out there. So I'm feeling okay about it. Optimistic, like cautiously optimistic about it, I think is a good way to sum it up. Yeah. That's healthy, yeah.
1: Well, we'll get you out of here, Matt. Again, without having to talk too much about maybe the weaker sides of that defense for Michigan State here, as we hit the back wall on our time limit here. But where are we at, at least on your guy, Matt Coglin, the kicker, who we've already heard is yeah. maybe a fan of Locked On Spartans. On Twitter, oh, massive good.
0: fan of Lockdown On Spartans. Yeah, if, if, if you pay him money, he will say that uh, you're, you're not a terrible show. No doubt about it. And that's uh, no, that, that's our guy He's coming here for his sixth – now, this is not an exaggeration. His sixth year <laughs> next year. So, uh, yeah, our, our guy, Matt Coughlin, uh, happy to have him back. He, he did have a little bit of like a, a valley um, at his junior season. But, hey, last year he really turned it around. He had that 50-yard field goal against Michigan, pretty consistent all year. And it was – anytime you could have a, a – a competent, reliable college kicker, you take him every single time. And that's what we have with Matt Coghlan, a guy that when he walks out in the field, you're not feeling like you're going to throw up. I'll take that
1: 10 times out of 10 in college football. I mean, just, just ask Nick Saban or, yeah, any anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have to start the list of games for Big Ten teams. It'll bring up the bad memories about missed kicks and things like that. Yeah, If you have a trusted kicker in college football, it's a rarity and something that people will hold on to tight. Michigan State has one right now. Matt Sheehan here with the Michigan State Spartans, making sure that they are properly repped on, locked on Big Ten every single week. And we've got all sorts of things going on every single week leading up here to the Big Ten football season. We'll have Matt back on next week to talk about really anything going on. We'll have another team to preview with him, I'm sure, as, yeah, we've got plenty more to get into before the start of the season. But, Matt, before we let you go, anything else we're missing out on this Michigan State football team that we haven't touched on yet? And, of course, where can the people get a hold of you?
0: Uh, You can yell at me uh, on Twitter at Shehan underscore sports. Uh, make fun of my bad takes on there. Anything else to add? Uh, We didn't talk about punting today, which is awesome because, yikes. Okay. That's, yeah, that's fine.
1: That's fine with me. All right, Matt. Well, we'll have you on next week to discuss, I don't know, punting maybe. But until oh, great, late, awesome! Last, <laughs> as always, we might have to do that. We'll put an all punting show. We didn't do special teams preview on our God, position. That would be big ten as hell. Just a full punter show. I, I'm all in on that. Let's go. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> people would be more it. upset that we didn't do a special teams preview like we did with the quarterbacks, wide receivers. But I hadn't heard anything yet. Maybe we'll get into it at some point with you next week. Yeah, it's Matt cool. Sheehan with us here on Locked On Big Ten every Friday and at Locked On Spartans every single day of the week. Subscribe to his show. Subscribe to this show wherever you're listening to your podcasts. And again, he's at Sheehan Sports on Twitter. I'm at Nate with Sports. We'll be back next week with more Locked On Big Ten.